It's a Craggy Rugby Podcast special. Last week at the Connacht Media Day, Rob Murphy got to sit down with Connacht CEO Willie Rowan and they chatted about KK, the Pro 14, Connacht's objectives and an update on the slow progress of the stadium issue. Here's Rob. Right here with Willie Rowan. Uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. Started the season, open media day today. Uh, people get to meet uh, Kieran Keane for the first time, or KK, or Kieran Kane. We'll have to decide how what to call him. But he straight away seems like such a character and such an engaging person. So you, Willie, must be excited about the new addition, a kind of a change of pace that's inevitable in this kind of situation that we're calling your goal. Yeah, it is. It is really exciting, actually. Um, from the very first uh, day that I met Kieran when we were interviewing him. Um, he came across as a really engaging character. Um, I actually commented at some stage to one of the guys that he's more west of Ireland than most of us. Um, he has that type of uh, persona about him. Um, but you know, like you're you're waiting for him to arrive. He has been very heavily um, engaged with the with the the coaches and myself over the last number of weeks and months. But um, and he came up for a spell during the Lions tour. But to have him here finally uh, makes makes such a difference, and uh, so that excitement has been building, and uh, it's it's been great. He just, you know, he was mad keen to get onto the pitch, and uh, he's out there doing his stuff now. You're balancing all the different elements to Connacht Rugby, and it does feel like we're still on the same level we were when we were champions, despite a little drop off maybe last season. But it also feels like there's a there's a kind of an anxiousness around the entire organisation to 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 use this momentum and kick on and not let it stall. Yeah, I mean, our ambition hasn't hasn't stalled at all. Um, and you know, it, it's funny even with regards to the pro team last year, and that's one aspect of the organisation. There's so many other uh, aspects to what Connacht Rugby is about, from you know how many six year olds are out there playing the game, all the way through to the pro team. But in the context of the pro team. Um, you know we have three key objectives one of them is to uh, be playing at the highest level of club rugby competition and effectively that means top six we didn't achieve that last year we we missed our objective the other two objectives are with respect to um, the level of indigenous representation within our squad and we 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 nailed that um, expectation and that 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 target that we set for ourselves last year and last year actually was our highest level of representation for the Irish team. That's our other key objective, national representation. Last year was the best year of our year ever. Um, and you know, and, and that's despite Robbie having moved on, which who who, who would have been a, a, a iconic player. So two of our three key objectives we delivered. The other one we didn't and that's what we're trying to set out to it uh, to, to to rectify. But the long term ambition that that hasn't if anything it's just grown because you get a taste of it and you know what is possible um and that's not to say that we're going to go out and win the pro 12 every year pro 14 should i say every year but by god now that we know what we're capable of um and we believe that we're capable of uh, of delivering that that ambition is absolutely um as strong as ever Pro 14, exciting times. It was interesting in the press conference. You, you didn't uh, mince your words. You were saying, look, this hasn't been in the in the background for a long time. Someone asked you, has this been something that's brewing that we just didn't know about? No, it's really, really fast. Can you believe, as a CEO of one team, how the organisation CEOs and, and uh, CEOs of the two teams down, down in the Southern Hemisphere managed to put all this together in such a short space of time to have two new teams in just like that? Yeah, well, first and foremost, everyone entered into it in a... In, in an open way, yeah. um, you know, we, we we know that the the, um, the competition needed to um, evolve 
um, and expansion was something that we had already committed to, the, the idea of expansion. Um, so when the opportunity presented itself, Martin and I and his team did a really super job of um, turning what was an opportunity into a very detailed plan, something that could be presented to all the relevant stakeholders in a way in which a, a hard decision could be made against very, very tight deadlines um, for obvious reasons, the, the, the commencement of the season. Um, and look, trying to keep all of that under wraps, as you would know, is very uh, extremely different, difficult uh, job to do. So you know there was different aspects of it that were that were getting out into the public domain. But the reality is, the guys have um, put forward uh, a proposition to the, all the stakeholders. It's been signed off on, and everyone is really, really excited about what the what the future holds. It's all about for you guys competing with France and England because you have to compete with them in Europe and the French leagues and English leagues populations interest TV money is phenomenally bigger than, than what was in uh, pro rugby up until now. But South Africa brings something different and, and obviously the already cross-border competition that it is provides the opportunity to expand in what is quite an unusual way but, but might work perfectly like yeah exactly maybe maybe we are a little bit more open to that idea of um of uh, you know cross border competition because we we already take part in it um and you know we we play in you know pretty cool locations across some pretty cool countries and um and and South Africa will be no different at all um the players are 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 used to the travel and when i say that i mean you know we've been to krasnyarsk <laughs> you know <laughs> south africa um is pretty straightforward after that yeah. um and even from the south africans perspective they very much regard it as straightforward compared to across time zones that super rugby represents so um there'll be there'll be a degree of change There'll be uh, teething difficulties, no doubt, um, as comes with any change. But overall, um, it's the right direction. And I think the idea of having South African teams coming up here and playing in the sports ground is something that the people in Connacht can get very excited about and look forward to. It's funny you say that because I was maybe with my rugby hat on thinking these aren't the best two South African teams. It's a bit weird having two two uh, South African competing in two different competitions at the same time, thinking maybe that that was going to affect the image. But what I've noticed from people who wouldn't be rugby first and foremost, non-season ticket holders, if you like, people who have a bit of interest in Connacht rugby, is a lot of enthusiasm at, at the idea of this Southern Hemisphere taking on Connacht, going down, taking on a team from down there. Um, that has really struck me how quickly that's taken a hold and I would presume that you're expecting a big interest in the Southern Kings game in round two as much as, as the Glasgow game in round one right? Yeah absolutely I mean uh, I, I I think that, that there'll be an initial novelty factor of course yeah. um, and I think that will that will uh, provide everyone with a kind of a, I suppose a spur to, to, to come along and to, to see what they're about but beyond that I mean both um, the Southern Kings and the Cheetahs they play a really exciting brand of rugby um, you know, and the Southern Kings have been evolving over the last few seasons, but you know some of the performances that are put in this year, particularly towards the end of the season, have been really, really top end. And the Cheetahs are you know steeped in rugby history yeah. and, and and tradition. Um, it is absolutely a, a huge part of the culture in South Africa. Um, and again, they have some really, really good players, um, a number of South African internationals. So yeah, we're we're, we're excited. Um, and uh, hopefully they're going to bring uh, plenty of quality, maybe not enough quality to beat us, but um, that's up to us in the performance we deliver on the pitch. Would I be right in saying the biggest question you get asked as Connick CEO is what's the story with the stadium? 
Um, oh, your own pubs and that, what's happening there. That, that and silence. <laughs> <laughs> silence might come up a bit yeah, as well. Yeah. But we, we'll leave you alone on silence for a second. The stadium's a huge issue. And you mentioned in the press conference that there are three locations. Obviously, you don't want to mention them, although you did acknowledge one of those locations is, is the sports ground. But your biggest point in the press conference is you're frustrated at the timescales. Yeah, look, I mean, frustrated, uh, as in we'd all like to move it quicker. Um, but we are, I have to be very conscious that we're dealing with stakeholders who, who, who are... Um, who obviously are concerned and they want to make sure that they're getting their decisions right as well. So um, we're working to a certain extent at their pace. Yeah. We've done a huge amount of due diligence on it. We're actually uh, moving into another stage of it um, uh, over the next coming weeks where we'll be engaging with fans with regards to um, some finer points with regards to what a stadium um, should deliver. Yeah. Um, so that piece of work will continue on. Uh, and, and yeah, look, it, it is frustrating but it, it doesn't it doesn't dampen our um our, our eagerness to, to to push on and make it a reality and that is the really most important thing i mean we have an opportunity to to develop a stadium that will be um will be something that the people of connacht can be really proud about um from a regional development perspective we have an opportunity to 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 provide a facility um and develop a facility um that from a regional perspective um, is is consistent with what happens around the rest, of the, which happens around the rest of the country, and um, and and you know the, the the people of the West of Ireland deserve it. Footprint of the stadium can be really important. Have you kind of you already got to engage with the fans, but you must be aware already that things like the location of the sports ground is is something people are afraid of losing because it's that walk from the centre of one of Ireland's most uh, liveliest cities, uh, as, as as we in the West of Ireland are proud to say. But it, it's it's backed up by the numbers of people who visit this city. I've seen grounds in places like Clonetley, not to pick it apart, but I remember Stradley Park. I've worked there, and and that was had a lot more about it than what they have on the outside of the skirts of the city which is a beautiful stadium but it's it's in a shopping centre area so without talking about that because you can't possibly get into undergrounds and specifics what kind of areas are you saying yeah there's a couple of things you've said already shelter is big location must be big as well in terms of that walking distance from town if it's possible right? yeah absolutely I mean you know, again, like when we played Grenoble, for example, a couple of years ago, Grenoble had a lovely stadium um, that was uh, a little bit further out, but they had amazing um, public infrastructure all the way out to it. Indeed, I mean, yeah. there was a tram that went right to the door of the stadium, uh, plenty of bus networks and... Um, Glass you know, roof as well to show off the, the mountains around it. So, uh, again, exactly. something to be proud of for uh, the community, yeah. Uh, exactly. But we don't have that public infrastructure once you go outside um, and the immediate perimeter of of of, of um, Galway City. So, look, we we would we would like to maintain that uh, city centre feel um, uh, where possible, where yeah. possible. But that that is very much a key part of what we would regard as the experience of attending a Connacht rugby match. Um, you know, the idea of having a stadium out on the, the very edges of the city, while it can work in, in other locations and can work in many respects in terms of, um, you know, parking and whatnot, it also takes away from the experience that people have become accustomed to. So um, I, I'd like to think that we, we will be able to overcome that difficulty. You know, that, that, that's, that's, the, that's the intention anyway, but, but let's see. 
RDS, Kingspan, and Tobin Park have also developed the the outskirts of the stadium. Sorry, the, the inverts of the stadium, but underneath the stands and creating kind of a walk in the stadium where there's food and fun and games and all that kind of thing. So again, you're looking for more than just four four sides to a stadium closed in and, and the experience that you have at the matches. It's the experience you have before and after the game as well. Yeah, without a doubt, because you know we have some real diehard fans, and they will stand out in any conditions. In in, in you know. Uh, right through the winter and they're incredibly loyal and dedicated supporters but we have other people who are coming to Connacht Rugby for the first time people who um, were competing for their leisure spend in many respects and and, you know someone who comes to a Connacht game two or three times is absolutely um, you know the the, the experience that they expect that's something that we need to take very seriously as well Um, and that's 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 broader than just what happens on the pitch um, you know, making sure that we're able to cater for kids in a, in a really fun, experiential way, making sure that we're we're able to cater for a growing number of of, of women supporters um, and families, and you know it, the corporate hospitality end of it. Again, there's an awful lot of business around uh, Galway City in particular, but across the wider province that would love to come and experience this as part of their own um, their own uh, corporate hospitality offering, if you want to call it that. And you know we provide that to an extent, but there's a, another level again, and that's something that we would like to like to be able to expand as well. So it isn't just what happens on the pitch, um, and it's not that you want to turn it into something that uh, is removed from the pitch, but something that absolutely um, adds to the overall occasion. And and that that that's 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 a more holistic view. The fan engagement process. We'll tell you hearing about that in the next few weeks. I'm sure a lot of people listening would be really interested to, have to get involved in that. You probably have details for that in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah we hope to. Uh, we'll be going through an exercise where we'll be um, looking for feedback from yeah. from various other stakeholder groups um, with regards to um, some of the composition stuff with regards to the stadium. So, um, you know, you you, you have a, a generic sense as to what a stadium um, should be, but you need to be much more specific into what should a stadium be in Connacht and um, what does that look and feel like and uh, so that's something that we're going to be delving much deeper into um, and it'll be a considerable bit of work yeah just finally Kieran Keane talked about his targets and you know, was asked about it I'm not surprised that he doesn't want to be set any specific goals he says he believes he can achieve anything if, 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 if they get if they work hard enough so we can take from that he wants to win the Challenge Cup and the Pro 14 next season but uh, we can't take from that, that but one thing that you have in, in print from last from a couple of seasons ago is the grassroots of green shirts just curious honest to God how often does that come out in the meeting like is, is it a document that's still physically in the office still coming out of meetings still kind of are you are you checking back on it or is it ingrained in all your heads anyways and you know it really was a really strong document but obviously to follow through is what's key isn't it it's it's a it's absolutely the bible upon which we are operating um we had a a new governance structure that was um voted in last year uh, first board meeting of that new board took place last Thursday and Friday with a two-day session and the whole of the two days was centred around what was contained within our strategic um, plan. Um, all of the new chairs of the respective subcommittees and the members of the board presented on their areas of, of responsibility. Um, so we had volunteer board members presenting on the key objectives within the strategic plan and where are we versus the enablers that are that are contained within the plan as well. So it is... Um, a living, breathing document where we hold ourselves accountable and we have KPIs against all of the objectives. And some of them we've made really good progress on and some of them we haven't. And it's how do, how do we move those ones forward? But 
um, I would definitely say, you know, you, you go through different stages in terms of an organisation and, and uh, on where you're at in, in, in your progression. And we have passed through the strategy development phase, if you want to call it that. We're very much in the execution stage. How do we make sure that we nail the execution of our, of our, of our plan? And, uh, and that, that's a whole different challenge. Um, but it's something that we're really, really focused on, yeah. Couple of weeks now, you Glasgow coming out on the pitch, you'll be feeling you'll be feeling up and ready to go. I'd say I'd say that first game, getting that first game and getting the season going is something you really look forward to because you have so much off field stuff to do. Yeah, I am. Um I, I struggle with the matches to be honest. I, I, I find them so nerve wracking. So um yeah, but the excitement that the season, the, the 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 start of the season brings, is something that you can you can, you can really feel it. You can really feel it. You can feel it amongst the players. You can feel it amongst the staff, supporters, um, all of the volunteers who are involved here. You know, we have volunteers who were in here um, at the weekend, and they're in here again on Thursday. The volunteer stewards who are here, working through all their plans for the season to make sure that the experience that they're able to deliver for the supporters who come here <coughs> is 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 top notch. Um, so they're they're buzzing with that anticipation. Um, so yeah, it's 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 um, roll on September.